when we choose love and compassion, we create connection. In my Life and Laughter podcast, we find ways to choose love over fear. I'm your host, Perry Kinder. Hey, everybody out in podcast land. This is Perry Kinder, your host, just with the mostest desire to crawl under a blanket with a book and stay there for the next two months. But unfortunately, I have a job, so that's not going to happen. But we are going to talk about hibernation today. There's a part of a poem by Mary Oliver where she writes, Someone I loved once gave me a box full of darkness. It took me years to understand that this too was a gift. And I kind of look at at this time of year as a gift. I know um, two weeks ago, I talked about wintering, about the Catherine May book, which I think is just brilliant, about creating a sacred retreat for winter, creating the idea of um, rest and renewal. And I'm going to kind of continue on that theme with this talk about hibernation. But first, let's talk about hibernation. (laughs) So if you think of a bear hibernating in winter, Maybe you get this cartoon image of a bear snuggled up in a cave, maybe with blankets and pillows, and he's all snuggly and cozy warm. And that's a good description, but we all know that bears don't hibernate like that. In fact, they're actually nesters. They build nests in the fall that will keep them warm during the winter. They find a place, usually one that they've used before. It can be a hollowed out tree. It could be a very small cave. They don't, you know, they want to have conserved heat, so they have to find something small, maybe um, underneath the roots of a tree, just those really confined spaces where they'll drag in branches and vegetation and evergreen boughs to create their own little comfy bed. They even hibernate up in trees sometimes. (laughs) Trackers have found them just hanging out in the trees during the winter. They go in and they turn around a few times and then they stay that way for six months or seven months sometimes. They do get up every few days to to switch sides or to move around, but they're not really awake. They're still very much asleep. They lower their body temperature 8 to 12 degrees, and they break down all the fat that they've stored through the fall as energy. This metabolism that changes in their body allows them to keep their muscle mass. If we had done that, we would wake up very, very weak with all of our muscles atrophied. But because of a bear's DNA, they don't burn their muscle during the winter. So they come out, they're a little bit weaker, but they're not muscle weak. So it's, (laughs) bears do wake up. It's kind of like when your dog is sleeping and it gets up, walks around, moves around a little bit, finds a different position and lays back down. And bears do the same thing. They move around to relieve some pressure. Maybe their leg falls asleep. I don't know. I'm not a bear. Metabolically processing that stored fat they don't even urinate. They don't even poop. They actually reabsorb the the urine and the poop back into their system in the form of protein. That's some really good recycling effort right there, there bears. So give the bears a high five. They don't hibernate just because it's cold outside, although that's a really good reason not to be outside, but because the food is so scarce during the winter months. So they will spend the fall and the summer eating thousands of calories a day, sometimes up to 20,000 calories a day, because they're going to be burning about 4,000 calories a day while in hibernation, which is why they have to gain so much weight. While they're sleeping, while they're hibernating, their heart rate is reduced to uh, maybe 8 to 21 beats a minute, really, really slow for a bear. 
and their breath slows down. They breathe maybe once every 15 to 45 seconds. There's a lot of slowing down of the body's processes for bears that are hibernating. And it's interesting because bears in zoos don't hibernate because they're being fed all winter. So they don't have to hide and store their fat. They, they know that they're going to get food on a regular basis. But some zoos are now encouraging bears to hibernate during the winter because it, they end up being not so fat because bears in zoos become very, very fat because they're not hibernating. And it makes the bears leaner and healthier to have them sleep for the winter months. You know, maybe guests are angry that the bears are sleeping during the winter, but I think about the animals once in a while, people stop being so selfish. Let the bears hibernate. So, and then I think this is fascinating too, that a nursing mother bear, in fact, the mother bear actually gives birth during hibernation, which is like the best way to give birth. Just sleep through it. Don't even, don't even have to be awake for it. No pushing any of that. You just sleep, wake up. Oh, I've got a new baby bear. Cool. But she nurses that baby bear through the entire winter. So not only does she need calories to provide for her own body's sustenance, she has to have enough calories to create milk for her babies <laughs> for months. There's a scientist, I think this is hilarious, this biologist, his name is Sean Farley. He has raised bear, bear cubs and he studied them and their mothers. And he actually milked bears to measure <laughs> what the composition of the milk was. And I can't even imagine milking a bear. Like, excuse me, Mrs. Grizzly Bear, can I milk you? Purely for scientific reasons, obviously. But I, I'm not sure if he survived that. I hope he did. I hope that Mr. Farley is still living a happy, healthy life after milking a grizzly bear. Anyway, the the bear, the mother bear will nurse for probably two winters with their babies. So they really have to have her fat stored up, ready to go, so her babies can survive the winter too. And if a bear is woken up early, it can be deadly for them. It takes so much energy as they wake up and move around that they deplete a lot of reserves that are key to surviving the winter. So, and it can also be deadly for the person who accidentally woke up this bear. They're still in a, a kind of a coma state, a sleepwalking state. But if you see a sleeping hibernating bear, don't, don't poke him with a stick. Don't, just don't be stupid. So groundhogs hibernate, hedgehogs hibernate, hibernate, snails, skunks, bats, bumblebees, all of these animals hibernate. And maybe you're thinking, Perry, I finished science classes after high school. I never wanted to study science again. What does this have to do with me? Well, thank you for asking. Humans have not evolved to hibernate. Maybe you've noticed. But genes from our ancient ancestors may mean that we carry the possibility of hibernation in our DNA. In fact, many scientists believe that human hibernation can help advance medical and astronautical science. Research from 2020 suggests that early humans may have been able to hibernate. They, they're not conclusive. They're still doing a lot of research, but they think that millions of years ago, maybe half a million years ago, not millions, half a million years ago, our species hibernated to survive in extremely cold conditions. And throughout history, there have been records of people who sleep much more during the winter because food was scarce and sleeping limited the amount of energy that they spent. So they just packed everybody into a bed to stay warm and to sleep as much as possible. I'm not saying that's a bad idea. I'm not saying it's a great idea. I just can't imagine trying that with toddlers. Hey, everybody, get in the bed. We're going to sleep for two months. 
as humans created things like indoor plumbing and heating and gas stoves, we found that staying warm in the winter was much easier. And before the Industrial Revolution, most people's income came from their farms or from selling handcrafted products. Weavers would make fabric, farmers would sell barley or apples or whatever they needed to. They would barter for things that they needed. People created pottery and cookware and clothing. So people would be able to hunker down during the winter as much as they could, really preserving their stores, their energy, their light, their candles, whatever they had to do to survive the cold, dark winter months. And then the Industrial Revolution came along, changed the world significantly. People had to go to jobs. They had to leave the house to make money. So staying snug at home for the winter became harder when your boss would fire you for the smallest of infractions. So humans got used to going to work every day, even in the cold, dark winter months. Because human hibernation and nine to five jobs cannot coexist. Here, here, are other, here are some reasons that human hibernation might be a bad idea. If you're in a torpor, if you're in a, like a, an induced coma, if you're hibernating, you can't reproduce. And for some people, that's probably a really, really good thing. Probably a really, really good idea. I encourage that for very specific people to not reproduce. But if you're not reproducing, it means other competitive, competitive species are reproducing more than you and might eventually replace you. I'm thinking they mean people like Elon Musk. I could see him totally repopulating the planet as we slept in our hibernation. And also when you're hibernating, you can't defend yourself from predators, which would mostly be humans who weren't hibernating with the explicit intent to rob those who were. It would be like their full-time job. Oh, it's hibernation season. It's also stealing season because basically humans are assholes. So Many people would use that time of hibernation to rob, steal, kill, whatever. You know, humans. But medical professionals are using, it's called therapeutic hypothermia. It's a way of lowering your body's temperature. This slows down your metabolic processes like blood circulation and breathing. They've used it for people who have experienced real deep physical trauma, or they've received an organ transplant, or they're undergoing some surgery. It has proven to increase resilience, resiliency during transplant surgery, and it prevents muscles from atrophying when you're in a very long recovery period in bed. It can also prevent the entire body or a single organ to go into shock. It prevents all of that. And it can cause cancers to go dormant. And then you can kind of stay in a dormant position until they create a cure for your cancer, kind of like you know, freezing your brain, whatever, whoever that crazy person was that did that. Anyway, so there's medical ideas that behind the idea of hibernation for people, as well as space flight. You know, NASA is really researching hibernation for people so astronauts can survive the nine-month trip to Mars. Because currently with our technology, it will take nine months to get there. And then you spend some time walking around on Mars a bit and you know, take some pictures, take some selfies and come home. It's almost a two-year process. So they think that human hibernation could cut down on the use of life support and other resources on the spaceship. It could reduce water and food intake, reduce waste, protect against radiation, and it could buffer the stress of being in a capsule with other people for two years, which again, probably would end up with violence at some point. 
So you're thinking, Perry, I'm through listening to your science class. If you're still listening to me, great. Take a shot. <laughs> Take a shot of tequila. And we're going to continue on from here. If you're still listening, I hope you're still there. In, in my first episode of 2024, I talked about wintering. The idea of treating winter as a sacred re retreat. Well, hibernation is part of that. I'm not telling you to eat thousands of calories every day or sleep until you lose your job or hide away from friends and family for six months. I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm just saying that's not what I'm suggesting. But winter, as I mentioned in my first episode of this year, wintering, is a good time to slow down and rest. Wintering, slowing down, hibernating can help alleviate the self-imposed pressure of socializing with people that maybe you don't want to all the time. Hunkering down at home doesn't have to be lonely or isolating. It can be a really fulfilling, enriching, and a self-reflective experience. So we're talking about using winter as an excuse to hibernate. And hibernate, of course, in air quotes, which you can't see, because this is an audio podcast. I'm talking about shifting the focus from unintentional solitude to intentional rest. Create intentional rest. And if you want to, you can create a hibernation den. It could be your bedroom, your entire house, the living room, a closet, a chair, where you have your nesting materials. Like a bear, you're going to bring in nesting materials, maybe blankets or cushions or pillows, tissues, things that smell good. You can add music, you can add light, turn off the TV, read piles of books. So this place that you can come to in your home that's very cozy because when the winter is cold and snowy the idea of coming home to a warm house with a blanket a book and a cup of cocoa or tea is the closest thing to heaven to me in this world intentional rest intentional hibernation treating winter as a sacred retreat and right now we're not quite a month into winter believe it or not utah it is freaking freezing here and snow is falling and it's so so cold but we're not quite a month into winter we have two more months until the spring equinox on march 19th not not that i'm counting but it's two months so here are some ways you can add that idea of hibernation to the next couple months of the dark days and the dark days are getting lighter like a minute a day the sun is setting a minute a day later it's check it out it's getting it's is finally coming back. Light is returning to the world in so many ways. Now, if you're an extrovert and the idea of sitting home during the winter gives you hives, like you would go bonkers sitting at home, then invite people to your home. Invite small groups to your home. It doesn't have to be a raucous party with a DJ and strobe lights. Have it really be a really intimate time. Have other couples over for dinner and games. Um, you can have a family talent show. You can invite friends over to make a craft or do some painting. You can buy a nice bottle of wine and have friends over to talk about what books they're reading or what TV shows they're watching or anything that creates interesting conversation. Again, keep it intimate. This is a great time to build relationships through real conversation, real listening. Let everything be a little bit slower, including your conversations. Give yourself enough time to really, to really soak in what the people around you are saying. 
when we're isolated in our homes because it's cold and you're tired of talking to your partner or your children, bring up something that's interesting. Talk about hibernation. Talk about all kinds of interesting things. It can be a lot of fun to learn from each other. Imagine you've gathered your bear family around you for a group hibernation only with drinks and fun and laughter and warmth. And because I started, did I start with Mary Oliver? I don't think I did. Oh, I did. I started with Mary Oliver. Go back and listen. I started. I'm not going crazy. I'm going to end with a poem by Mary Oliver where she says, Today I'm flying low and I'm not saying a word. I'm letting all the voodoos of ambition sleep. The world goes on as it must, but I'm taking the day off. Quiet as a feather. I hardly move, though really I'm traveling a terrific distance. Stillness. One of the doors into the temple. Can you enjoy this winter temple where quiet is sacred and rest is currency? Where even the smallest of lights can chase away the darkness? Where the body and the mind can rest, ready to burst forth in the spring with new energy, new beginnings? But for now, but for now, can you add the idea of hibernation, rest, sacred retreat? I hope you can. I hope you join me. Please let me know how it's going for you. Love you all. Thank you for listening. Namaste. To continue your journey toward love and connection, follow me at Life and Laughter Coaching on Instagram and Facebook.